You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is Nick. I'm in exile without a microphone, so this will sound a little tinny today. Also, had I planned better, we would have had a real audio. However, episodes go on whether or not people are working on our house. So, this week on Myopia Defend Your Childhood, we really, 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 really watch a weird version of a weird show. Man, we watched Alice in Wonderland, which is the 90s version and not the 1985 version, which apparently Charlie and everyone else thought was better, but... Decisions poorly made will be decisions poorly made. I want to thank everyone who called in to the Public Defender Month. We have an interesting month lined up for you guys starting, well, I guess in April. Otherwise, thanks for following, sharing, subscribing, liking, sharing again. Please keep sharing. We're getting a good audience base, but we want to encourage it. Also, um, for those of you who are going to be in the area, Next Thursday, March 5th, I'll be performing with Cineprov. It's not March 5th, it's like March 8th. I'm performing with Cineprov. Um, the movie Hangar 18, which is weird. It's an old classic sci-fi, which you'd think our host Larry would like to do, but he bailed. So it's going to just be me, Candace, and Evan. And, oh, and for those of you who are interested in film reviews, um, check me out on Letterboxd. Uh, Sill Myopia Podcast. I have a list of the episodes coming up there. I know a lot of you have already found it and are following me. And I just downloaded from Netflix roughly a decades of bad opinions that I used to have. I was really generous to some really crappy movies, so try to figure out which ones were from the olden days before I broke and became more pessimistic. Thanks, guys. Beautiful soup. So rich and green, waiting in a hot tureen. Ooh, for such Hey gang, are you looking for another podcast to listen to? Well, you're in luck. The Nerdy Laser is a podcast, and we specialize in 90s nerd culture. But we don't leave anything out. If something is cool and nerdy, we will talk about it. So join myself, Richard Yule, and a variety of guests on the Nerdy Laser Podcast, available on iTunes, Podbean, and the ESO Network. Of the evening. Welcome to my Happy Defender Childhood. This week, we watched Alice in Wonderland, the sequel to Alice in Wonderland to replace Alice in Wonderland, a response to Disney's Alice in Wonderland. I'm Nick Hoffman, host of Myopia Defender Childhood and Riffer on Cineprov, and on panel we have... Hello, this is Daniel, and you just said Alice in Wonderland a whole bunch. I get paid a hundred bucks each time I say it. By who? Uh, no one. Okay. I'm the only one who has not been bought out by Disney yet, so I guess stay tuned. <laughs> Gaze upon the empire of joy. And I guess that was Matt Quinn. And on panel we have... Hey, I, I get, yeah, making bad jokes for all the people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Charlie Rose. 
So we decided Daniel's pick. Yep. Alice in Wonderland, nineteen ninety nine. On it I was bo- either going to be this or the life and death of Peter Sellers, but then I realized I was actually a kid when this came out. And in nineteen ninety eight, he was a child. Yeah. Unfortunately for Charlie, he signed on thinking we were going to do the 1985 Harry Harris and Natalie Gregory one. Wait, what? I I really thought it was the 1985 one because that's the true one. There was a 1985 one. Yes, Irwin Irwin Allen, and it did fantastic. And it didn't star uh, Napoleon's girlfriend. Wait, wait, did did this one end with giant grasshoppers eating everyone? No, none at all. But it was good. It was trippy. It was psychedelic. This one stars Napoleon Dynamite's girlfriend. Excuse me, you mean Mac from Veronica Mars? I guess I do. Um, or uh, what's her name from Waterworld? Good old what's her name. I I would know, but that means I would have had to see Waterworld, which I will not. It's All the right. three disc DVD Blu-ray just came out. Did you buy it? No. Did Weren't you, you buy, it? buy it? It's on pre-order, baby. <laughs> oh, <God>. no. <laughs> oh. We should do that for a, move, a movie. He really wanted to see Kevin Cosner drinking his own piss in 3D, HD, 1080p. Oh, if I wanted that, there's certain websites you can go to, but... Cosnerpiss.org. <laughs> oh. Just sloppy yellow cup. I, I, I paused it. Isn't Dennis Hopper in that shit? Yeah, oh, he's a pirate. Yeah. God, yes, he is. Oh, gross. Oh, that is hey, gross. Friend of the show um, uh, directed a documentary, a making of documentary for that release. Who? Uh, the guy from Cineprov who came over for Santa Claus. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Gross. Uh, I mean, good on him for getting the job. That movie just it shouldn't exist. Speaking of things that shouldn't exist, everyone in this movie is better than this movie. I disagree. Robbie Coltrane? I'm agreeing with both of you because a good portion of the people in this movie are better than this movie. But there are some stinkers. George Went is not better than this movie. <laughs> Which one was George Went? Tweedledum. Uh, uh, Tweedledee, excuse me. The one that wasn't Robbie Coltrane. The one that was... The, <laughs> the one, one that was... A n- <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Oh, the no. one that was not a nun on the run. The- Deep poll. Yeah, oh, I was this close to pulling a Harry Potter character. I'm like, no, let's go to the deep. The one who is not in Goldeneye. I will say, though, this movie is just a whole lot of mess. Daniel and I got into it over Twitter. Or uh, not Twitter, I guess, over Messenger. But it, this movie is an unfilmable property. Like, you just can't get Alice in Wonderland right. Do you want to, uh, well, w- w- what did I say? Something like, well, that's what happens when you try and get into a headspace of an awkward nerd making math jokes. I firmly believe that the pro of this movie is also the con of this movie. They actually follow the book, the outline of the book, pretty well. So the book is a meandering mess as well? Yes. yes. Both of them are. Both. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. They at least tried to have a structure with this about her overcoming stage fright. Exactly. Which is stupid. But it's something. It's an actual framing device. The book doesn't have anything. You're right. And I think if you look at the book, each chapter is Mm self-contained. And it's a good thing to tell independently of one another. This might work as like a... a There's 12 chapters, each chapter being like, you know, an hour episode of a TV show. Very Twin Peaksy. Just like yeah. th- th- there's there's no connective tissue. It's just the same actors play the same characters and sometimes they return. Diane, Ooh. I'm entering the house with the giant white rabbit. Right? <laughs> oh giant, my gosh. The giant white rabbit that basically energized her bunny if someone threw sand in the gears. No, here's the thing. Here's oh. the thing. You you do it like 
uh, Mulder and Scully with Kyle MacLachlan and this girl. Yes. And they're going through Wonderland, and he's like, and she's like, I don't, I don't, because she's flat affect, like she's had a frontal lobotomy, like Julian Anderson threw us in that show. So she's just like, I don't know, Mulder, what, <laughs> what what's this white rabbit doing? And he's like, Man, you you don't understand, and and, yeah, yeah. and so forth. Yeah, Alice is so blasé throughout this, like she's fallen to a different dimension. All this weird crap is happening. Gets like, oh well, stiff upper lip and all that. Pip pip pip. Well, that's her character. She's the reigning upper class twit of the year yeah that's yeah. the character unpopular th- opinion time this is better than the disney cartoon we'll get there but you're wrong uh, yeah let's let's let, yeah okay before here here we can all agree it's better than tim burton's version oh yeah and that's off with his head you want to defend that i haven't seen it. i just want to say off with his head okay okay you got to say it so i think at the very top we should say for those of you who have not seen it it has the Casper movie syndrome where everyone remembered the thing from when they were a kid, so everyone's showing up. There's not a character in here other than Alice and Miranda Richardson, uh, who plays the Red Queen, who actually have a character. Everyone else is a cameo. Everything else in this entire movie is a cameo. Not Martin Short? You didn't think he worked? No, I think he's a cameo. I think his role is so vague and so short that he was on set for two days because this was his favorite thing growing up and he was going to show up to do it. Well, he knocked it out of the park. Oh, he, he's the best part of this movie. No, no, no. He is not the best part of this movie. The Mock Turtle is the best part of this movie. Gene Wilder. You're right. Gene Wilder and the beautiful soup song. I will fight you on that one. Oh, you can, but I'm going to agree with you. He, and, and I really do like Chris Lloyd. As the White Knight. Yes, that is my second favorite part of this movie. Uh, how, how did you get your head buried? I, I don't know. Like the, Just the, the way he has that realization with those huge mustache ends. We can get to it later, but that delivery that he had was this calm and serene, yet Christopher Lloyd, you know? Instead of the wild manic that we're used to. Very patient. I mean, and we'll get... I'm late, Marty. I'm late for a very important date. Oh, but remind have, me of the trademark, damn you. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Peter Ustinov in it as well as the walrus. How we, long was that guy alive? I, forever. That's what I said to him. I was like, we, we reviewed one of his movies from 30 years before this where he was already an old man. What was it, Highlander? Because, you know, maybe he, he was immortal. the voice of King John in Robin Hood. Yeah. The, the one who got everyone into furries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, Pete Postlewaite plays the carpenter. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg is a Cheshire cat. Oh, the most disturbing thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That, 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 no that question. Was... Ben Kingsley plays the caterpillar. Yes. Uh, Martin Short is the Mad Hatter we already mentioned. George Went is Tweedledee. Robbie Coltrane is Tweedledum. Gene Wilder is the Mock Turtle. Mwah. Alice is the 12th person mentioned on IMDb. <laughs> and it's Tina Majorino. Oh, bless now, her Now, what was that other movie that is going to eventually be on this where it's her and that seal? Anybody remember that? Yes, and I'm trying to pull it up because I don't remember the name of I it. I have no Zeus idea what you're Roxanne. talking about. No. Andre. Oh, that's it. That I think Matt's got it. Andre? I think that was it, yeah. She's also in the movie where she doesn't speak with Whoopi Girl, but called Karina Karina, the one where they tap the nose for yes. I remember that one. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah, no, she is. She's one of these people that existed for a while. Yeah. But what has she been in recently? Nothing. Veronica Mars, the movie. Uh, and Scorpion, the TV show, as Florence, because everyone watches Scorpion, the TV show. And then she was in Legends, which is also something no one remembers. Huh. She was in Grey's Anatomy. Dr. Heather Brooks. <laughs> I'm sure. She was in True Blood. All things I feel like we've... Oh. True blood. Yeah. True blood, wow. As Molly. Napoleon okay. Dynamite hit a TV series? I'm done. Briefly. Yeah, so Charlie, you want to give us a plot synopsis? There's 12 chapters and in the book, and this follows it very well. Um, the first chapter is basically how she falls down the rabbit hole. 
Second chapter goes into the uh, the mouse and the caucus. The third chapter, what's next after that? Well, um, in the movie, it's the uh, uh, the th- thing where she goes to the White Rabbit's house. Is that yes, in the, the book? White Rabbit's house. Yep. Then after that, I believe, is the Duchess, the scene with the Duchess. Yep. There, then there's ap- the scene with the caterpillar first, then the Duchess. Caterpillar, then the Duchess. Then the scene with the first scene with the Red Queen. Right. Then the scene with the Griffin uh-huh. and the Mock Turtle. Yeah. Followed by the White Knight. The White Knight, which, by the way, was not from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. That's extra. That's from the Through the Looking Glass. Does Correct. it sound like we're just listing stuff that happens? Because that's what the movie plays like. Pretty much. It plays like a sketch show, but no one wants to be there. Except, if I can interrupt, there is one framing device that was not in the book. Her and incompetence? That- that, no, that was in the book, let's be honest. She's afraid because yes. her upper-class family has invited a whole bunch of relatives. Who are these people? Similar upper-class upper society yeah. folk. And uh, she has to sing a song that she doesn't like, and she doesn't want to do it. Well, hold up. She doesn't want to do it because she doesn't have confidence. So well, anyway, after the White Knight, there's the scene with... The tea party. Uh, the tea. No, uh, no, no. That's, uh, after the White Knight, I'm pretty sure is... The trial. Okay, so no, no, it's the Tweedles. Then the, it's the trial. We missed the. How can we miss the? the I feel the, the need party. to make a Kafka joke somehow. Oh wow! The party was right before the trial and right after the Duchess scene. The Duchess, and because the thing is, no one is on set for more than a day and a half. It is. Yeah. It's very clear. But that is your summary, and that's the best you're getting. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's that's it. I got nothing. I, I I was watching this, and I kept wanting to leave the room, but there was things I did remember. I saw this when it was on on NBC or whatever it was. It was, it was NBC. Put more effort in it than I did. The effects, I was not pleased with the effects. No. They were very poor. Well, the, the Griffin was pretty good. The, the Gri- CGI was very poor. I, I'm not sure if the Griffin is CGI or a really, really good puppet, but the Griffin no, was it, it was. Well, well, see, that's the problem. They didn't commit to something. They either went weird CGI or... Or they went practical effects uh, with puppets. Well, it's the Jim Henson Creature Workshop yes. that did this stuff, and it's great. And it's when great. It was that. So is the Griffin a puppet? Or is it yes. A puppet. Puppet. It's a puppet. Because it, it feels like something that's real. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, to your point, something that bothered the fuck out of me was rabbits. There's like four different characters that are rabbits, and they all look different. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that they're different rabbits. They're different models. Right. Yeah. So the one at the tea party, which is truly horrifying, versus the white rabbit, which we first see in I rented this on Amazon. It like glitched when it was running. It had a weird, like buffering buzz around it because they didn't bother to refinish this in any way. The remastering was atrocious. I was wondering if maybe that was on purpose. That this is something otherworldly. The way it moves around, like Energizer Bunny, with a bunch of sand poured inside it. I I think they undersped the film. Yeah. Well, fast. I mean. It felt like basically it was a reskinned uh, Billy Bob from Showbiz Pizza. Well, and, and specifically, I, I just see it kind of like the G and Scratchy World Simpsons episode yeah. where like the flesh is falling away and it's just like jangling around. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I will say, I think you'll at least agree with this. The Disney version keeps the style better because this one the style gets all janky throughout yeah and some characters they lovingly put time into yeah gene wilder especially because he's wearing a costume he's acting with same with chris lloyd but the walrus and the carpenter is from a different movie i think that scene is charming but Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit any of the other character models and it feels really weird i agree that disney was at least consistent it was just consistent at being not good well it it, it's you can tell where they decide to put their money, where they t- decide to spend their money. They spent their money on the Griffin... On the puppets. Puppets. 
the rabbit puppet, the uh, white rabbit, they clearly did not put any money towards. It was terrible. Uh, I disagree. That's one of one of my favorite little minor Jim Henson shots was during that scene with the house when he gets hit by that um, a shingle and he just looks at the camera. It's like, oh, they're channeling Kermit. Okay, the direction on him was fine. Did you get all the Irish jokes they kept making? Through oh, my oh, I was yeah. dying laughing for <laughs> oh, that. I'm in, yeah, I'm the ra- white rabbit is an upper class twit ordering around a couple of faith and vigora Irish stereotypes. That was actually kind of funny for a minute. That was kind of racist, is what it was. Probably the whitest racism on the planet. And he just kept falling through planks of glass, which was something. Well, it was the same pane of glass for a little bit. Then they replaced, and then he would fall through, and then they replaced. Yeah, in the exact same spot. This thing just keeps going on. But the character design, they just would not commit to a consistent design. The for in that example, you've got the white rabbit in a full body fursuit okay mm-hmm. and then you've got the two lizards that are irish but they're all like done up and the outfits uh they were supposed to be lizards they're yes. supposed to be oh, lizards I, they oh. were just um, I know the irish one was guys. traditionally a lizard but he has a tail uh, yes oh. and so you know the, the outfits evoked a lizard-like feel because it looks scaly Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, we started this month with uh, Miranda Richardson in Merlin, and, and do you remember me? Oh my God! Why? No. And Somebody Martin didn't Sh- forget her hard enough, and she's back. Uh, uh, she is back, off. and this is great. She is playing Queen Elizabeth the First from Blackadder. Who brought me a pretty? Oh First, I'm going to have a drinky drink. Then I'm going to execute the whole bloody lot of you. I need to rewatch Blackadder. I did appreciate the character design of the court, the Red Queen, the Red King, the. Um, the Jack. Simple, yet effective. I love how uh, yeah. the Queen's hair was drawn on. Yeah. That was all makeup. Well, and I like, it made me realize that Helena Botham Carter might have been making an actor's choice for that terrible role because she does Ooh. the exact same scream of off with her head as Miranda Richardson does. Yes. And if you're going to crib notes, Miranda Richardson, you could do worse than her. Yeah, yeah. you could. But I will say, it took me a second. Like you, we were talking about this, Charlie and I were before. It like they're supposed to look like playing cards, which is the whole game. But th- every so often, it, it it was when the the knave, the jack, started doing the pose to the side that I'm like, oh my god, it's exactly, it exactly the hearts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It took a couple seconds to really get there, but you're like, wow, they are cards come to life yeah I, I liked how the court looked it was a card house yes. basically yes and, oh, and a house of cards Ooh. yes exactly <laughs> kevin spacey was in this originally but they replaced him with uh, peter ustinov and it's for the best well he kept he kept showing his penis <laughs> to gene wilder and gene wilder was like no he's not having it yeah <laughs> he was not having it uh, you want to go to the chocolate factory okay. you took your penis out in front of me you rubbed it against my desk which now has to be washed so you get nothing you lose. As Good we, day, sir. As we say in Gaffney, <laughs> off with their heads. With this in mind, we, we, we kind of should walk through this, but I yeah. don't know right. how we do it. Like, oh, there's well. nothing here. Okay, first of all, okay, the first scene where she's growing and shrinking in size. The only thing I can really say to that, where she falls down the rabbit hole, not very good effects, not very effective. No, no, the CGI not does a good not introduction. hold up. It, this scene went on way too long. I yeah. did appreciate this the effect. This movie went on for way too long. That's very yes. true. That's very true. I did appreciate the effect at first after with the bottle and her feet were doing that thing. Yes. Yeah. For 1999, that still actually looks okay. But yeah, it, it just went on way too long. The, they they must have just said, here's the book. That's the script. Yeah. Because everything, every, everything. I mean, and again. How did she end up with those gloves? Who cares? 
upper class twits. Maybe they just had him with her. Uh, well, he, he drops. He him. drops them, and then all of a sudden they're, they're on, on her hands, hands and, and they shouldn't be able to fit. Yeah, in the book, she's supposed to fan herself, like find the fan and fan herself, and that makes her shrink. Well, all of a sudden it's on her hands, and now she's shrinking because well, we got to get to the next because scene. story. Yeah. Well, and again, this is where you and I differ on the Disney one. That's where I think the Disney one is better. It is brief. It's three seconds. You got it. We're moving on to the next bullshit. Because this goes on and on and on and on and yep. on and on. At least this time the doorknob doesn't fucking talk. <sighs> the Marleys were dead to begin with. Is, is one doorknob always tell the truth and one doorknob <laughs> always lie? No. no. That's Labyrinth. After this, bullshit happens. Okay, so basically the caucus scene um, where she's supposedly supposed to get dried out from the driest lecture ever. Yeah. It has something to do with William the Conqueror. Yeah, and... it was, I mean, I understand what this scene was trying to accomplish. I do like the character well, designs because they were anthropomorphic. Wasn't the whole thing in the book he was making fun of his uh, co-workers at Oxford or something? Yes. Okay. yes. And I didn't get that in this scene. It was sort of like, we need to do this because it's in the book. Again, yeah. the guy who wrote this was a huge nerd who had grudges against professors yeah it's like tolkien man basically but tolkien without a sense of humor or a story yeah but this is tolkien? forgettable because the actors there's nothing spectacular about it tolkien except he was the sort of guy that would photograph young girls moving on oh. um he did problematic no, Lewis Carroll did. Lewis Carroll. He did. On his, uh, one of his many um, Mercury binges. Let's just, let's not fucking talk about everything. Let's talk about the scenes we want to talk about. Let's, well, yeah, actually, okay. yeah. Okay. It would, the beginning would have been so much funnier if they had a record scratch freeze frame. Yes, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. Uh, okay. Womp womp. A play, uh, yes, Mr. Blues. Or no, ELO, Mr. Blues. What, what didn't you like in the movie? All right, things that bothered the fuck out of me. The croquet scene. Yeah. It took A, way too long. B, it had no through line. Well, the problem with it is they kept cutting to that one hedgehog that looked bored. Yes. Right? Yeah. They kept, and like, I get that it should be a chaos scene because it effectively is in History of the World Part One where, where the king just goes, RG! Like, because it's just chaos. It's yes. just supposed to be the decadence of the court. No one knows what they're doing. Oh, this, this scene would well, have been so much funnier with a piss boy walking around. Well, <laughs> as a Mel Brooks scene. Like, just show chaos. Well, they should have just gotten a bunch of physical comedy actors in there just being ridiculous as random cards. Now, this was something that I misremembered. I thought the king was Jim Broadbent. It that is been not. A, I mean, that would have been good. Better casting in your own dream. Like yes. Your own headcanon. Um, but I will say, to your earlier point, it's not just that characters are designed poorly. It's that character motivations are designed poorly. Matt's right. Sometimes it wants to be a comedy. Like in that scene where the one card is running so that he can be an arch over the queen's ball. Yes. That is played for comedy, and it works. And it works. And then the rest of it is just disaster. It's like a British fop comedy. where the, Again, it's like the Twit of the Year Awards, where it's not funny, it's anti-humor, it's Norm MacDonald bullshit. Ah. Where it's, it's, intentional, it's almost intentionally not funny. That, that does explain the scene where Alice was asking, who is Andre the Giant? Fuck you. Ah. <laughs> Just seriously. Uh, well, well, here's something I thought of. When Alice meets the, cat, the caterpillar, my notes here say um, a psychedelic disco Dalek. Like the chest, all those little spheres of lights on them. Yeah, okay, so... How did how does Ben Kingsley keep ending up in 
movies like this. I got an Academy Award for Gandhi five years See, ago. Okay, what I didn't like is they did a, a, a tonal shift in my mind on the caterpillar, and they made him like this weird, awkward military caterpillar. Yeah. In fact, I think they list him as major caterpillar. They do. That was okay by me because, again, it's kind of digging at Victorian England, which makes sense for the material, but the execution, you're right, isn't it, the best it can be. Well, yeah. and it's because we get opened, uh, the, the movie opens, whatever you want to call it, on the fact that all these characters are real people. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's that whole Wizard of Oz yeah, montage yeah. scene. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, Mr. Mouse in particular looks like one of the guests from the party. They well, are, they do. Gene well, Wilder's they, there. Yeah, they the, go the, right the, through Randall all the... Richardson's yeah. there playing yep. croquet. His aunt, her aunt, rather. Yeah. I, I guess. The, the woman who plays the Duchess is a duchess who's there because they're all fops, they're all twits. I I, I just think at yeah. the end, you're right. It's the it, it's supposed to be Gone with the Wind, which or not Gone with the Wind, Wizard of, Wizard of Oz. Did he figure it out? He did. Hey, great. What other scenes like? Okay, uh, we should talk about the mock turtle. It's the best scene. Okay, let's cut to the good stuff. It is the best scene. It's a great Fight scene. Me. It's a great. I don't think it's the best scene, but it is a great scene. What's the best scene? What's the, the best tea scene? party with the Mad Hatter with and, Martin and the, Short at as the Mad best, Hatter and the rabbit that looks like a horse. At best, number three. It's a hair. Thank Ooh. you. It still looks like a horse. The, like, I know you guys. Nick was saying it's horrible. Please, please, it looks more like Joe Camel. That's true. Uh, it does to, look is like Joe Is it trying to make Alice smoke? I think almost everyone dog. in this is trying to make her smoke something. Or, or maybe she's been smoking and this is what's coming out of her head. Uh, she was hanging out with Napoleon Dynamite too long. Let's talk about these scenes in order. I think technically the, the mock turtles first. Before the tea party? The tea no, party tea party's first. Party first. Okay, yeah. let's do the tea party then. All right. I mean, it's pretty much how it plays out in the book from what I remember. There's not that dumbass song from the Disney version. Which I, in case you can't tell, I really don't like that cartoon. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, thank you, clean Matt. Clean cup, clean cup, move down, move down, clean cup, clean cup, move down. Is that the Konami code? Uh. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> you, you got it all out of you there, buddy. Uh, that was all the joke em up you had. That was indeed. Uh, so, I mean, it plays out, but the thing that really sells is Martin Short because he's one of the few that actually commits to that character. Is he the better of the, the best of the Mad Hatters we've gotten? I would say so. Johnny Depp's is atrocious. I, yeah. I have to say, I did like his Mad Hatter. Yeah. Probably one of the best. Well, I mean, Rodney McDowell and Batman was the best one. But uh, All right, so... Who played it in the Disney but one? No, you, you're right. They actually stay mostly to the book. There's one exception where the Mad Hatter is giving uh, Alice advice on making speeches in public yeah. and overcoming stage fright. Which is which is good. They, I think it fits with the theme. It does. Well, that's the only part that they really try and tie it to the theme yeah. because he's an entertainer, and they even have that little song. Well, they've got two actually yeah. that he does. One I think was from, from the book, but anyway, uh, I don't know. It's just it's this as its own little self-contained short film. It's perfectly charming. It's perfectly cast. The puppetry work, including the work with the Dormouse, especially, really works well. I don't know. It just plays as totally bonkers because they're constantly shifting positions. I mean, you're right. It is good. I really love the other two scenes better. Okay. Well, I mean, and just for those of you who are curious, the Disney version was played by Ed Wynn, who plays it very fey and over the top. <laughs> who is uh, I, I have no idea who that is. Should he's also I? in Uncle Albert, which he also plays Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. He's also uh, the toy maker in Babes in Toyland. He always plays very silly, over the top characters. No. He's also Albert Dussel in um, The Diary of Anne Frank. So, you know, all silly and madcap the entire time. Silly, oh, madcap, and The Diary of Anne Frank. So That's not things that usually go together. 
joke. Basically, um, on uh, central casting, this is the guy who's like, okay, we need somebody who looks like Grandpa got away from the home. <laughs> Grandpa yeah, got away from the pretty home. Pretty much. That, you that nailed is, it. Yeah. I mean, like, he's essentially, again, he, he uh, in the 1950s, we'd say he plays it very fey. He's like, <laughs> I'm getting Adam West Batman vibes here. Uh, he could have been a villain. He could have played ca- uh, Calendar King or something in Batman. But whatever. Uh, I think Martin Short might play it the best. He is also from the beginning of this month in Frick. The two of them worked together. Mm-hmm. Miranda Richardson was also... Uh, well, they have that uh, reunion scene, too, at the trial where it's like, Don't I know you? Which, <laughs> now that you mention it, may be a callback. Meanwhile, Sam Neill at this point was making out with a raptor who was talking to him. Well, no, at this point, Sam Neill was naked, covered in blood on a spaceship. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, my God. In Wonderland, we don't need eyes to see. <laughs> <laughs> Previous episode, Event Horizon. Oh, uh, my I goodness. think one of Jeremy's favorite. I think, it, I think he's told me it's his favorite horror movie. I think it's fantastic. From here, I mean, if you've seen any of the Alice in Wonderlands, they all have this scene because it's a well-written scene in the book. Yeah. Here, I think it's a good version. Well, he plays... It's iconic. He plays it like a uh, good Groucho Marx, too, where that whole bit with the watch, like, it's like, this watch doesn't tell what time it is. Does your watch tell you what year it is? Well, neither does mine. And the mouse who's passed out drunk on the table, which is kind of great. He's that guy. Or me sometimes. Mm. We've all been that guy at a party. Uh, we, we sure wake have. up, shout out a uh, treacle, and then pass back out. <laughs> I mean, it is is very much a quality... a well of treacle, a well of treacle, where those sisters lived <laughs> who were ill. I don't know. Okay, you know, is a a quality delivery of an iconic scene. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, what scene do you want to talk about? I think next is, in order, the, is the, the mock grif- turtle. Mock turtle and the griffin. Uh, the griffin is a, it's done in the Hobbit style miniature work where you're filmed in two different scenes on a green screen. The griffin is a giant puppet that looks kind of like Sam the Eagle had sex with a statue. It, it comes off to me like something from the Dark Crystal, but it moves more smoothly. It, it uh, is the American way to impregnate that statue. <laughs> I mean, it is a, it is a quality puppet. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It looks great. They put a lot of time and love into What's that. It reminds me of... How, well, I saw this, some behind-the-scenes stuff, the movie Pumpkinhead, and it reminds me a lot of that pump, of the Pumpkinhead critter, like the way they move, it moves like the world's oh. best puppet. Oh, oh no. You, you are objectively wrong here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the classics of puppetry. <laughs> As expressed like through Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. <laughs> oh, the mouse from Mouse Ra- Trap and uh, Pumpkinhead. Uh, oh, okay. Fuck me. Was this the last thing Gene Wilder ever did? Ooh, good question. Uh, no, he's. I'm sure he did something after this. He wasn't doing much after 1990. Beautiful. So that was the best part. Is that uh, Gene Wilder throughout that entire presentation was just amazing i couldn't take my eyes off of him he sang like a dream that beautiful soup song it went on what could be considered as too long it didn't feel like too long because it was gene wilder well i mean then you'd have to defend the uh terrible cgi of the lobster dance oh Oh, that was bad okay well well but that had nothing to do with him but he made up for it he saved it this was his quadrille lobster Lobster quadrille okay this is his third to last thing he was on two episodes of Will and Grace. Oh, my. As Mr. Stein. Oh. And he was uh, in three made-for-TV movies this year alone in 1999. Um, but before that, he had done 12 episodes of Sesame Street. So you know Aww. what? Yeah. 
I'm I'm still charmed by that old man. So what was the last thing he actually did? Will and Grace, 2003. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, he was oh, an God. absolute delight. It it was my favorite scene of the entire movie. It made up for the rambling wreck of a mess that just happened on the screen. Well, and and he made a meal of everything. Like he starts out in his turtle shell and he stretches out his limbs and stands up slowly and it was the only time terrible pacing of this movie i appreciated the fact that they gave yeah. him a full six minutes to do effectively what he wanted and it was honestly the only thing i remembered from seeing this on tv and the beautiful soup song then yeah. they cut away to peter ustinov uh, hamming it up with some oysters oh. tweedledee and tweedledum is i will also put to you was better done in the disney movie because that scene is three minutes long and this one goes on for 12 it's too long but it's it's George um, Went and Robbie Coltrane play off each other well. Th- they, they do play it like they're two fat men and they can't keep up. The, the, by the end, George Went is like counterwise, and I'm just like he's going to die. Exactly, <laughs> he's literally going to die right in front of us. I mean, they should have done just the intro, and then as soon as the Walrus and the Carpenter was done, cut, no more, mm-hmm. and that would have been perfect. But they did the rattle bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, and they have like to see George Went with that pot on his head. And he's running with a shovel. And and then a crow that shows up like a tornado from Twister. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. That's why Van Halen just started playing in the background of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we haven't done Twister yet. It's the suck zone. (sighs) Philip Seymour Hoffman talking about suck zone for 20 minutes might be the reason why we haven't done this yet. To Jamie Gertz. (laughs) Jamie Gertz's suck zone. But the flying cow. There's a cow. There's another cow. Um, anyway, uh, this movie wraps up eventually. Well, well hold up. One last, right. one last good scene. One last good scene. Okay. The White Knight. Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Yes. That could have been cut out. <gasps> if we're talking about it being too long. I mean, that's something you can lose. Well, right. okay. So it's funny you bring that up because that's not actually in the book. Yeah. I know. It's in the Yeah. It's, it's from Through the Looking Glass. Yeah. And so, you know, you're right. It actually could have been cut out. But I, you know, it was Christopher Lloyd playing... Uh, very kind, older, very full of wonder, you know, saying things that were just ripe for a child to just really latch on to. Who, who, is, who is voicing the flower again? Because the flower bed scene is in this movie. Ooh. Joanna Lumley. Really? Yep. That was Joanna Lumley? That was. I looked that up, actually, because I was like, who is that? All right. That's a, a absol- lot. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, Ab fab. Uh, that, that, here's the thing. That's also something that could be cut. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it, but it's that one's in everything too. It, it it must read really well off the page. It's been a while since I've read the book, but everyone's enamored with this scene. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I will say one thing in positive in the Tim Burton movie. He made a plot out of all of it. It's a garbage movie, but he tried. It was a garbage plot. <laughs> this this reads like the Cliff Notes. Yeah, this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it's a skipping record. It's just like, yeah. well, she's got she has to do this scene, so let's do this scene. This, ooh, I really like this one. Let's let's spend time on this one. And it just, there's this one scene which is horrifying, which no one liked here, which is why we haven't mentioned it. But when he go, she goes to see the Duchess after some bullshit repartee with the doorman and a letter to play croquet, which no one could be bothered with. They go. That was the, almost a Monty Python scene. That was mildly amusing. Are we talking about the whole musical number of beating a child? For, for sneezing kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, duchess adrian peterson yeah uh well done the the puppet of that child is the most oh. unsettling thing i've ever <laughs> See, seen yeah. it's ugly yeah, yeah. more pepper uh, yeah, yeah that, right yeah it doesn't 
I didn't find it creepy or unsettling, you know, uncanny valley. I just thought it was ugly. What's it supposed to be, like an old man? No, it's supposed to be a baby. It's, it's a pig. Well, it's supposed I mean, to be a, a, a pig. Yeah, it's it's a baby that is a pig, and then it's it turns back Cronenberg into a pig. Some Cronenbergian hybrid between pig and man. And then, like, and then she floats around like she's on like. <sighs> she literally is on wheels. She would yeah. that that character was, it had its charm. It it there were some moments uh, where I was you know you're right charmed by it. Cronenberg's Alice in Wonderland. Now Ooh. you've got a movie. Oh wow! Let's have a frame story to cure her of her stage fright. Someone gives her LSD. I mean, this was the t- age they give people heroin. When the, when the when the when the red queen screams off with her head and it just hits that pitch, the head explodes like scanners. <laughs> <laughs> well, she sounds like Wolf Fra- with her head. <laughs> well, the red queen sounds like Frau Farbissna from Austin Power, so it works. Is there going to be a scene where like Alice walks in and the March Hare is like fucking somebody in a giant birdcage? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. So you're talking more. Uh, we could also go uh, Kubrick's Alice in Wonderland. Get a little um, bit into Eyes Wide Shut. I was thinking more Naked Lunch. I was going to say yeah. that, that, that's that's Cronenberg uh, Naked Lunch well, right there. Let's be honest. Cronenberg's Naked Lunch is Cronenberg's Alice in Wonderland. Mm, you are not you, wrong. You, God, just if we were drug along through the plot by a rabbit hopping through. I mean, then it gets a little Donnie Darko, but we're Wait, not far off. Wasn't Ian Holm playing a rabbit in Naked Lunch? <laughs> and then Tarantino as the director comes out and goes what I'm trying to say here man it's about math and it just gets cut in half (laughs) off with his head it just explodes oh and there'd be so many lovely lovely shots of the queen's feet oh Oh. and then the flowers are just literally vaginas oh my god it's (laughs) her feet again let's paint those flowers red (laughs) we've made a better we fixed it we've made a filmable Alice in Wonderland Tarantino's involved. They involve a lot of swearing and racial slurs. Uh, like the new Star Trek is going to be. Sam Jackson is the Mad Hatter. <sighs> you motherfucker! No, he uh, would be the he would be the he'd be the caterpillar. Get you gonna fucking practice your speech, bitch? You gonna <laughs> practice that speech? Uh, Tarantino. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and you'll know my name is Lewis Carroll when I lay down my wrath upon you. Oh, uh, there we go. He spoke with a stutter. He is doing um, the new Star Trek script. Wait, who? Wait. Star Trek Four. I thought they canceled oh, uh, it. Tarantino. Yeah, you're right. Wait, what? Yes. Oh god. I uh, like Star Trek. Why would they do that? Remember how much McCoy used to hate Vulcans? It's gonna come back this time. You goddamn green blooded <laughs> son of a bitch! He's gonna make up new slurs that he got. He stole from Japanese movies. I'm familiar with some of those words you just said. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it so okay, much. Okay. So. Okay. The um, trial? Well, well, we didn't talk about the Cheshire Cat. Okay. It's a nightmare. Oh, my God. That is freaking nightmare fuel. The second she appears. I don't even necessarily mind the casting choice. Well, no, the casting choice was great. She's fine. It's just that the, the body, the... the, 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 the ah. What was that movie on Netflix that everybody was uh, freaking out about? Because it was Maniac. No, it is on Netflix, but I mean, uh, where it's like human faces on animal bodies and everybody was like deeply disturbed by it. Airbud 2. I have no idea what that movie is. I don't want to know what that is, and that is part of why I hate the Cheshire Cat. Well, here's the thing. When it's just a cat with a wide smile, voice it by Whoopi. Fine. But it's Whoopi's face, and that's <laughs> real on a, on a realistic-looking cat body. <laughs> yeah. That's doing weird, like, waving with its hands and dancing and stuff. 
Well, and I think something that bothered me more I, than than you, presumably, is they really cribbed from the Disney version. They just didn't do a good job at anything. They didn't make it more human, less human, more cartoonish, less cartoonish. They're just like, let's make it look like it, but put Whoopi's face on it. And it just got real creepy real fast. And they have a yeah. whole scene where it's a Cheshire Cat's head floating and they... The executioner has a rules lawyer moment with the queen. He's like, well, I can't cut her head off if she's just a floating head. And that was a giant head at that point, yeah. too. This, this, this was not a proportional cat. There was nothing to this. There's, ugh. And there, it's been a while since I've read it, but I thought it was more of a character. No. I, th- I thought it just traipsed through the book more. Like not, not that it was more of a character, but it just showed up more. Here it's here in three scenes, and all of it is just her being creepy. That's about what it was in the book. Yeah, it's been a while. I apologize. Yeah, pretty much. We can finally talk about the final scene, the courtroom scene. About the uh, the the knave who has stolen her tarts. Yeah, who's flouncing it up on the on the stage. Now, how is that not Eddie Izzard? Better I, casting. That would have been better casting. Dream casting. Your Majesty, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right? I mean, that's right. it. It just that is that is Eddie a, are doing a James. I mean, you know, <laughs> completely throwing shade at the uh, Red Queen being all psychotic. Well, and that's that's what you need. You need someone to be confident. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, Martin Short, this is where he plays his weakest until they're like until he Hulk Hogan hears it from the crowd. Yeah. And then he's fine, but. Yeah, no, this is this is good. She's good. Everyone's good. And then Alice finally figures shit out. Now, yeah. this is as good a time as any to bring it up. What? How did anybody, everybody feel about how, what was her name, Tina Majorino? Yeah. How, how she played Alice. Uh, I thought she was, I, I thought she did a good job. I mean, she seems pretty smart. Like, oh, this thing will make me bigger. This will make me smaller. I'm just going to stash big chunks of it in my dress in case I need them later. She's, uh, she's, she's Jim Belushi. She she's is like, dumb. hey, guys, let's figure this out a third time and a fourth yeah. time and a fifth time. She's dumb as shit. She plays it better than uh, whatever the, the Polish woman who plays it in the Tim Burton movie. <laughs> What's her name? I mean, uh, Mia, I also co-starred in The Kids Are All Right. The, oh, the problem... The problem Ooh, oh, is... Oh, come on, that got you. Don't lie. Oh, gracious. Okay, the problem is is that she's playing an airheaded, just poisonous, selfish, upper-crust British girl. And the character's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. And she's playing a terrible character. So, I mean, there's that. But bless her heart. I, I kind yeah, of really. like how blank she was uh, in terms she of just was. how she reacted to everything. It's like, oh, well, that's not very polite. It's a talking animal. Yeah. You're, you should be freaking out. Very very stiff upper lip about this whole thing. <laughs> oh, well, a talking but animal that in must itself was retain p- our composure. That was part it wasn't of very polite of you to offer that if you didn't have it to offer. It was part of the absurdity. I mean, you know, the book was Alice was being all proper and what society expected of her while dealing with this the absurdity and madness of Wonderland. Well, and I think the thing that frustrated me about her versus Mia Wasikowska... Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even pronounce that. Mia Wasikowska is literally a tabula rasa in that they had to, I, I say, CGI emotions onto her later. Mm. Um, the, the thing I will say about the Disney version that I remember and the book version, which I remember, is that she has blind confidence. She's arrogant and she's like, as someone who is an upper class woman, this is what should be done. Yes. But if yeah. here her whole problem is that she is not confident, she's yeah. got nothing left. And so she stumbles into a scene and she is just buffaloed by what is happening. She yeah. is just... Huh. I kind of don't mind that, though. I mean, for what the character's supposed to be, 
uh, she's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, well, she's doing a pretty good job of of doing an unsympathetic character. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not wrong though about uh, the Disney version, but I I didn't mind this exactly. I, I felt it was more you know, I don't know. <laughs> there it, is it, no right <laughs> adjective here. That's all right. So I will say though, just a quick game, and we can do it just as the table. Who had the better casting? They're both like Tim Burton's movie is atrocious, but who had the better casting? Alice is better here or in the Tim Burton version? I think it's Tim Burton here. Really? Yeah. I I think it's better. Well, because Damn it. I mean, Tim Burton's was more of, and th- this is going to sound incredibly mean. It, it was more a uh, 21st century liberated woman, which is perfect for what audience expect now. Okay, okay, it, th- that's very good. And you know, I certainly don't want to go back to uh, damsel in distress for what the character's supposed to be, and for the times that it's taking place in. This makes more sense. Well, you're right. I mean, they reworked the character for the Tim Burton movie. I mean, it is not a typical Alice. And I think that's maybe why I liked it more. I, so Plus, I guess you're, I didn't answer your question correctly. I liked it better, but the better casting that's truer to the character would of course be Tina. Yeah. All right. So if that's the case, who's the better Mad Hatter, Johnny Depp or Martin Short? Martin, Martin Short. Short. Yeah. Hands down. Who's the better Red Queen, Miranda Richardson or Helena Botham Carter? Miranda Richardson. Ah, uh, yeah, Miranda, Miranda. Richardson. Don't you mean Miranda Richardson? I kind of do. No, I mean Miranda Richardson. Uh, they don't have the Duchess, so I'll give the other royalty. The Duchess in this one, Anne Hathaway is the White Queen. Ooh. Ooh. I think Anne Hathaway has nothing to do, but she's the better actress. Well, they're both just sort of floating on their dresses in, in yeah. those movies. I don't know. I sort of have a... I have a crush on Anne Hathaway, I'll be honest with you. She is seductive. She is. I mean, she is. I mean, yeah. No. Well, I'm a gay man. I have a crush on her. Like, I want her to be like my best friend. Well, no, I get it. And in this one, she's just so vapid nothing. But she's yeah. played like an old British, well, like a British woman character who had been played by a man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So the Cheshire Cat is Whoopi Goldberg or Stephen Fry. I'm going to go with Whoopi. Whoopi, yeah. Whoopi, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to argue. Matt Lucas as Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who's the bald guy from Little Britain, or the two guys, George Went and... Uh, I'm giving it to Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, and Robbie, Col- Robbie Coltrane and George Went. I'm going to do all I can, but uh, the knave who isn't played by anyone in this one, really... Or by Crispin Glover. <laughs> I remember. I remember in Tim Burton's movie, he was a lot more of a sexual yeah. predator. Well, which... it, okay, so it it left the Tim Burton movie. Crispin Glover left more of an impression upon me. Yes. <laughs> Crispin <sighs> Glover is a nightmare. I mean, it's a bad touch impression, but still, yeah. it's an impression. And then finally, let's do just really quick. Ben Kingsley as the caterpillar, or Alan Rickman as the caterpillar. I I liked Alan Rickman. Alan better. Rickman is so good. I, Alan Rickman was was the uh, delight. I'll give it to Alan Rickman. Yeah. Although they could have, he could have camped it up more. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ben Kingsley, he just did such a terrible job. Yeah. No, you're right. He could have done a better job, actually. Um, I mean, that's pretty much the only ones that line up, but it's because that one tries to have a concise story. This one kind of meanders on and on and on and on and on. But I will say Tim Burton, despite his flaws, can pull together a pretty damn good cast. I just wish he knew what to do with it anymore because people like Tim Burton, I remember Batman. I'm going to show up today. Uh, And then every so often he pulls it out again. I like the big eyes. 
Yeah, uh, Big Eyes. Big Eyes was good. Um, and Big Fish. But then again, he didn't work with his same cast, and he had like $10 million. So it's like yeah. he actually had to figure it out. Figure, yeah, figure, <laughs> figure out what he wanted to do. Rather than throw CGI at it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You know uh, these days he's just showing up for the paycheck. Yeah. That courtroom scene, though, to end this movie is atrocious. Yeah. It's too long, but I feel like I'm being mad here. Well, there were some moments that were funny. I'm fine. I mean, it, it, it doesn't fall flat. It's just, this movie's what, two hours and 15 minutes? Something like that. You, yeah. you should have been able to take half an and, hour. And they aired it all in one night back in the day, too. Yeah. Oh, goodness. You should have been able to take half an hour off of this thing. Easy. Easy. Because uh, with commercials, even half an hour less is still two hours of TV time. Yeah. This must have been three hours and a half. I would say probably closer to four. It's just, I remember they uh, probably they probably packed a full commercial. I remember they did. I remember Martin Short's Mad Hatter being like the commercial bumper. Why wouldn't he be? He's the best part. But yeah, so I guess at the end they tie it all together. You know where they Alice grows very tall. She's addressing the king, and he's asking her about her being confronted and her speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. And then the white rabbit asks her, you know, are you, are you confident? And she says, yes. And then he's like, then you don't need us anymore. And then the house of cards collapses. The house of card collapses. She goes wakes. back to the real world. Well, she wakes up. Yes. And everything's tied up with a bow. And at this point, honestly, I quit watching cause there was still like 10 minutes of movie left. <laughs> I had one of those, you know, $2 to YouTube. You have 48 hours to watch the movie. And I was real busy. So the thing cuts out partway through the courtroom scene. I'm like, I'm not spending another two dollars to finish this movie. Well, we'll tell you what happened. We'll tell you what happened. So she's supposed to um, sing. Uh, was it cold cherry, sour cherry? Yeah. Ripe cherry. All Ripe that, cherry. There, yes. there was a metronome involved. Yes. That was just creepy in and of itself. So she stands up there and she's basically starts. She, they're they're like expecting her to sing. Everyone's awkward because she's not singing. She stops the metronome and then she says, "I'm going to sing a different song." And she sing, she ends up singing "Lobster." Um, the lobster quadrille. Lobster yeah. quadrille. And you know what? She has fun. She does a little dance. Everyone is delighted, and it ends. Well, well and it reminds us that all the characters in Wonderland are the characters yes. in real life. Yes. Uh, which is a reestablishment we needed because the beginning was two hours and 15 minutes ago. I just saw this the other day, but this was... Don't you mean two days and 15 hours ago? (laughs) I just saw this the other day, and I swear it ends with her seeing the Cheshire Cat and the Cheshire Cat winking at her. There's a real cat, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and and it really is. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's big old smile and uh, grin. No, you got it right. It looks like a Whoopi. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Uh, that's nothing oh. against her. The animation is atrocious. Yeah, the, yeah, terribly. So let's go around the table. I'll start with you, Charlie Boy, and tell me, would you recommend this movie? Oh, no, not at all. This is absolutely <laughs> terrible. It's objectively probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Mr. Quinn? If you absolutely must, by some strange rationale I cannot comprehend, crank it up to 125% or 150%, because it doesn't suffer for being sped up, and it will go a lot faster, because this was a meandering mess. I've said this before. It is. Mm, Sudsy. All right. Give me a minute here. <laughs> okay. First off, it is way too goddamn long. They could have cut a good 30 minutes out of this, especially in the second act when they were going over all the uh, looking glass stuff. That, that shit needed to go. I don't know, though. I, I still uh, like it better than the Disney cartoon. I'm, I'm still going to say that because it's actually more in 
the book's spirit. Have you seen the Criterion one, the 33 one, 1933 Alice in Wonderland? I've seen this one version that was made by an Eastern European stop-motion animator named Jan Spankmajer, where he's using animal skulls. Spankmajer sounds like a Spankmajer, I believe, is how you pronounce it. And there's no dialogue. It's just uh, this little girl narrating it, and it's... You want to mind fuck? There you go. But I don't know. This is for what it is. I it hold. I think it holds up well enough. The cast is fine. The CGI is absolute shit. But the puppetry looks good. It, it, it's too long. I'll give everyone else that. And it's way too meandering. But I don't know. It holds up better for me than I was expecting. My thoughts on this are: it's weird, guys. The animation is too uneven. Everything about it's uneven. It's just not great. Um, I'd avoid it, but if you can find on YouTube the clips of Gene Wilder and the Mock Turtle, I would watch that. I would watch, if you can find it, uh, Chris Lloyd, just because for me, he's a treasure and he's just not in much. Mm-hmm. But Shit, the mad tea party scene is fine. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that part is good. Like, But again, you could almost do a greatest hits. This feels like a, a, a long album and there's chunks you should re-listen to. The rest you can just avoid. Actually, I'm, I'll amend my thoughts and say Nick's absolutely right. There are individual scenes that are great, but it doesn't really coalesce together all that well. Well, and that's the only reason why I like the Disney version. I think it's also a mess, but it's a tight 80 minutes and then yes. you're out. Yeah. Um, but before we go, Daniel, we're starting with your month next. Ah, so will you tell just a little bit about your month? Well, back in the '90s, well, right now today. <laughs> let's never let's not pass that up. Okay, today Disney's whole thing is let's remake all of our cartoons into live action stuff. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, the '90s, a lot of studios were like, you know what? We had a lot of shit live action comedies back in the day. Let's just remake those. Yeah. So that's what we're doing next month. We've got the original version and then the '90s remake of it, and I believe. Is the Nunny Professor first up? Yeah, so we're going to... And we might as well spill the beans on both because once you tell us one, you're going to get both. So we're going to do the Nutty Professor and the Nutty Professor. Yeah. And we're going to do 101 Dalmatians and 101 Dalmatians. Yes. So we're going to start with... Yeah. Yeah. Please. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to do a little... Lloyd Followed by Eddie Murphy. And then we're going to do... Animated classic versus Glenn Close. Oh, Glenn Close. I know. Yeah. Uh, my first, The first date I went on in sixth grade, uh, my parents <laughs> were in the back row watching it with us. So stay tuned next week and every future week when we put a little past of my sexuality on trial. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Myopia Defend Your Childhood is produced by Do Better Podcasting and a member of the ESO Network. It is hosted by Nick Hoffman, edited by Daniel Suttis and Ann Burke. It is produced by Daniel Suttis, Matthew Quinn, and Ann Burke. Thomas Herman is our consultant. Nick Hoffman is our executive producer. The theme song is Surf Shimmy by Kevin McLeod. Find it at incomtech.com. It is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Thanks. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com.
www.geekdiary.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.